Hello everyone and welcome to our Lung Cancer Awareness Month podcast special where we are challenging the misconceptions that surround lung cancer. Dangerous misconceptions which could delay someone's diagnosis. Today we are going to confront the lung cancer elephant in the room, smoking. Smoking remains the biggest cause of lung cancer and is largely why the disease is so stigmatised. These judgmental and unfair attitudes can have devastating consequences because when is anything simply black and white? I'm delighted to be joined by fellow lung cancer survivor and friend Nick Whitehead to talk about his experience of the disease, smoking and the response of others. Hi Nick. Hello Monday. How are you? I'm good thank you, thanks for asking Monday, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Lovely to speak to you today. Mm -hmm. I think we'll just dive straight in. Can I ask you to give us a brief overview of your smoking history, when you started, why you started perhaps? Um, did you try and quit before you had your diagnosis? What happened once you had your diagnosis? Yeah, sure, Mandy. Um, so I started smoking when I was about 12 years old. Yeah. Um, and... I, I still remember the day uh, that I felt that I needed to try to smoke. I yep. was surrounded by friends of a similar age. Some of them were slightly older. Uh, there was definitely a lot of peer pressure there, Yeah, uh, including my brother. And um, I remember uh, coughing, uh, possibly almost vomiting. Yeah. Uh, Having taken my first um, puff of a cigarette, drag, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and why anyone actually goes beyond that is it is beyond me <laughs> to smoke yeah. a full cigarette. Um, but you, I, I personally did it. There were it, it was mainly peer pressure uh, to feel um, accepted by your friends yeah. and certainly yeah. by older older boys. Uh, back in the day, uh, you know, you wanted to be accepted by them. Um, and that's why I started smoking. Um, I tried to quit many times and I used different um, different ways to quit. I went to, to clinics to try to stop smoking. I did successfully stop a couple of times uh, and that was using patches. Yep. So that was probably the most successful way for me. Although I don't, I, I do know family and friends that have used Champix uh, and other methods to stop. Yeah, absolutely. My measure of success was probably quitting for several months. I, I was working on one occasion over Easter on call in the hospital and it was so intense. I was like 24 hours uh, on call for three or four days over Easter. Yes. And every time I got called in at two in the morning, I'd say to the guys on reception, lens a cigarette, lens a cigarette, I'll buy you. So I bought them a packet of 10 um, to pay them back. And then the following day, I actually bought a packet of 20 um, to give some back and then kept some myself. And then I started again. And that's what happens when you're a smoker. It's so easy to slip back, isn't it? Because it's, it's almost an illness and it's, it's an addiction nicotine addiction it is and the guy was that was running in my name andy uh over the weekend he's quit uh he quit before me i didn't realize but we were talking about it and we both Amazing. said uh so he's been quit maybe seven years i've been quit six years and we both said yeah we would never have a drag of a cigarette because we both know that if we did 
we'd be going out and buying packets sucked right back in yeah, yeah. absolutely i know my mum tried to quit a few times but not very seriously even when she was diagnosed she could not quit completely she'd cut down i mean she was a 40 a day girl my mum i was 20 yeah so she cut down a lot but she couldn't stop because it's it's you know like gambling's an addiction nicotine is an addiction it's an illness first thing i did after i came out of a and &E, I found a taxi and then I lit a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah, because it's stress-induced, isn't it? And that's what yeah. you want to do when you're stressed. And between then and about three, four days, four, five days later, every cigarette I had, I only smoked half of them. And then I'd look and I'd go, what am I doing? And I'd be throwing half a cigarette away every time. But I still it's... went out and bought another 20. Yeah, but it just shows you you're unconscious versus you're conscious. Mm. And how... How was it when you were first diagnosed with lung cancer? What were your symptoms? How were you treated? Did you feel like, did you feel embarrassed when you went in to talk to your specialist and had to tell him that you had smoked? Was that a stigma that you had to overcome? Well, I was diagnosed in accident and emergency. Um, I think if I go before that, I was, I was yeah, quite I a healthy person, ex-army, Ran cross country, played a lot of sports, played rugby uh, until my late 20s. Uh, wow. so I was a fit and healthy person. Yeah. Um, and I was working away in London, 300 miles from home, and moving flats because I'd just had an extension to my contract. So I was lifting boxes and packing them and taking them to the other end and unpacking them. And yeah. I'd, I'd had a cough for about two years. And I. Two years, yeah. Right, okay. And I started coughing, and um, I felt that I brought something up, and I don't know what made me do it, but I decided to spit into a sink. Yeah. And there was a blood clot about the size of a two pound coin. Oh wow, that's terrifying. And it was, and then yeah. um, about forty minutes later that repeated itself though. So that was two blood clots. So I went to A&E uh, where they did all the tests. They said, we can't find anything wrong. All the tests are coming back normal. Um, the only thing that they found was a high blood pressure. And they, the one thing they were waiting on was the X-ray. And I went in at about 7.30 at night. It was now about 11.30 at night. Yeah. And they were explaining that they're just waiting for the x-ray. And as they were explaining, the x-ray came through. They looked at it and informed me there was a shadow on my lung. Oh, my gosh. Um, they... <laughs> were you by yourself in the hospital? I was, 300 miles from home Monday, yeah. Um, oh, Nick. They um, informed me that they don't know what this is. They, they, they couldn't be yeah. sure from an x-ray and that... Um, they would give me antibiotics in case it, it was an infection. Yeah. Uh, and that somebody would be in touch within a matter of days. Yeah. I turned around personally. I turned around to them and said, I think I know what this is. I've been a smoker for too many years and I think it's lung cancer. Uh, and they were the ones that actually tried to uh, talk me out of that. Initial yeah, persuade you otherwise. Yeah. So terrifying. Um how did you how did you feel? Did you feel like there was a stigma 
attached to that? Did you feel did you feel bad in yourself for having smoked? I suppose. Yeah, I I, I did Monday. Um, I, I felt guilty um, that I, I had caused this uh, and that it could have been prevented had it not been for what I'd done for the last. 30 years or more. Um, And when you're alone as well, 300 miles from home, you have a lot of time to... Absolutely. ...really um, to to pick at yourself and to to blame yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, you had too much time to think about it, didn't you? Um, I'm talking from experience because my mum was a smoker from about the same age as you. Yeah. Um, and actually, she never gave up. She smoked until the day she died because she couldn't give up. But she died of lung cancer. Really? And she knew that I had a nodule before she passed away. She knew that I had something on my lung and I've never seen guilt like it. And it was that she died with that guilt. Yeah. You know, knowing what we know now, it's not, it, you know, it might have had a contributory factor, maybe, but not necessarily. And it's the worst thing I've ever seen. So I my heart goes out to you, Nick, because that is just the the worst feeling to think that you've caused that but also did the medical staff say anything about that did they did you feel like you were treated differently because you had smoked in the past um i think that's difficult to say but, um yeah i i don't think anybody went out to make um, you feel bad make you feel yeah. different or yeah. to make you feel bad about it or guilty yeah, they obviously do ask what your your history is, and yeah. smoking is is certainly one oh, of the questions. That. Yeah, um, but we're sitting here uh, doing a podcast for Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation. Yeah, a, a, a famous person that never smoked a cigarette in his life. Yeah, and then with lung cancer, so it's quite ironic that the first thing you feel is guilt. Uh, and yeah, I get that. Blame. Uh, when you've got to pick that phone up and tell your loved ones um, that you think you might have something on oh. your lungs, and then yeah. when it gets confirmed and you phone them uh, five or six days later to tell them it's confirmed it's lung cancer, um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of self blame. Uh, yeah, and that's a shame because. You know, lifestyles. I've never smoked. I got lung cancer. It was nobody's fault. It's just I had lungs. I have lungs and therefore I can get lung cancer. And it really is that simple. You think lung cancer is an instant death sentence? You think only people who smoke get lung cancer? You think if you have lung cancer, you'll have a cough? You're wrong. Forget everything you think you know about lung cancer. Know the symptoms. Take action. Be persistent. Be unforgettable. Find out more at roycastle.org forward slash be unforgettable. You know, I suppose what I want to ask you is what was, when he's told people that you had lung cancer, people that you know, did you get any strange responses, any responses that you didn't expect from people? Probably not from the people I knew. Yeah. Um, more the people that I didn't know. Yeah. When, when you're talking to other people and and explaining what you're going through, the first question tends to be, did you smoke? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, 
it, it creates the guilt feeling and as soon as they ask. I completely agree, because obviously I got that the other way around. Mm. And actually, it's nothing to do with whether you smoked or not. If you have lungs, you can get lung cancer. It might be contributory. It might not be. People You hear of people who smoked all their lives. And, you know, when people are diagnosed with bowel cancer or stomach cancer, nobody says, did you eat bacon? Did you eat sausages? Yeah. It's just, you know, it it shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the way. It, it doesn't matter if you smoked. Um, I come from a, a healthcare background, Mandy. I worked in yeah. pathology. Uh, of yeah. all areas and one of the things I had to do in the army as part of that was post-mortems and the first oh. yeah the first post-mortem I ever did the lungs were quite um congealed with black and oh, yeah and that, well I asked my uh consultant would you say he was a smoker from the state of his lungs and his response was no, I wouldn't make that assumption. It could be a smoker that lived in the countryside, yeah. or it could be a non-smoker that lived in the middle of a huge city with yeah, the pollution. And he said, so it would be really difficult to tell the difference. That's Now, that's yeah. really interesting. <clears throat> it's a really interesting point that you make there. And And so the guilt is ridiculous. I know that when I went back to work after having lung cancer and um, – being cured all my customers you know asked me the same question why were you off and when I told them why they'd say oh did you smoke so yeah. in the end I ended up saying oh I had lung cancer but I didn't smoke it was like one sentence like I had to justify it and you shouldn't have yeah. to justify anything you had lung cancer you didn't deserve it <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> that's just ridiculous yeah so and... it, it, it winds me up it's not a, it's not a smokers versus non-smokers thing no. It's just an interesting point. I think we we have to accept as smokers that um, there's been an awareness about smoking and, and lung cancer. Yes, absolutely. Um, and the definitely a contributing factor that, as you said, there are some people that have smoked all their life and never will never have lung cancer. And there are so many non-smokers, especially nowadays with the number of smokers yeah. reducing there's actually more and more people who never smokers developing yeah. lung cancer. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I think um, with the awareness that was there, um, especially as I was growing up, you'd go to the movies on a Saturday afternoon and watch the Westerns, and the biggest sponsor of the movie was a cigarette company. Absolutely. All your superheroes... Uh, so we're not superheroes like Superman and Spider-Man and that, but all your heroes on the screen, the cowboys, yep. the police, the, they, they were smoked. smokers, they all had a cigarette. It um, was fashionable and nobody really knew the damage it was doing. So, no. I mean, I suppose it's the association can be seen as good because it has stopped so many people smoking and hopefully that's good for health in general and not just, you know, smoking causes all sorts of different cancers not just lung cancer but so does living so does eating so does breathing you know you just you just got to be unlucky and, and you know some people are just unlucky but yeah. um i mean i remember when formula one was sponsored by tobacco companies Almost every car had a tobacco company on it yeah absolutely i remember that really well that's you know i'm not that far behind you in years and you know that was a that's that was a thing 
Yeah. Need, it's so good that that isn't happening now, but I don't believe that lung cancer should be pitted. It's almost we're pitted against each other, smokers versus non-smokers. It no, doesn't I, matter. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent behind you on that. You know, yeah, we, we grew up in a a lifetime, and I'm sure uh, as years go by, other associations will be developed with other cancers. It's absolutely to as we educate ourselves. Um, but it shouldn't be the defining factor to say that if you live this stat, it, it, you know, it, we don't say to people with melanomas and skin cancer, our it's first someday. response is not, do you have holidays in the sun? <laughs> exactly. Uh, because that would seem a crazy question to ask somebody. Um, yet melanomas are associated with uh, excessive uh, exposure. Exposure yeah. to, to UV light. Absolutely yeah. right. And you know, my like my point is if you have bowel cancer, nobody says, Did you eat salami? Mm. I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, we all know ultra-processed meats and foods aren't good for things like that, but nobody judges you on your lifestyle. The only cancer you get judged it's is lung cancer, and that's not fair because it's a life it's a lifestyle choice, and it might have been made, you know. A few years ago, based on when we were 12, <laughs> yeah, uh, when it was actually fashionable and it was the dumb thing. Like you, you wanted to smoke to keep up with, you know, to fit in because everybody was smoking. So it's not a judgment. It shouldn't be a judgment. I don't like this whole judgment. And you talk about fashionable. Um, my, my mom smoked maybe yeah. 10 menthol cigarettes in her lifetime. But when she did smoke them, she she smoked them out of a long, elegant cigarette. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Because May West or or some other superstar, Sophia Loren or whoever, used one. Yeah, with a long cigarette yeah. holder. Yeah, absolutely. Elegant. Yeah, so very, it was very fashionable. Yeah, absolutely. Fashion. And I think we all do stuff. You know, as as even now you you watch the trends and you follow things and if it look you think that looks good then someone you see someone wearing a nice jacket and you think it looks good you'll go and seek it out it's just <laughs> it's just human nature so you should never be stigmatized for for that and it's it's not a smokers versus non-smokers competition if you like no no talk to me about how you how you are now um how you obviously smoking doesn't define you so what defines you now nick how do you feel what is that? That's not a stupid question. A weird question. I'm just interesting, um, interested in hearing your comments. Do you know? Um, it's funny you should ask that. I, I think um, one of the things that definitely defines me is how I've come through the other side of the cancer. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud to be a patient advocate. Absolutely, uh, for Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation. Yeah. As you, as I know you are, Mandy. me too, absolutely. And I'm sitting you on the red couch on BBC Breakfast. <laughs> and um, coming through cancer, one thing that I loved to do was to scuba dive. Yeah, as you're aware. Um, and I think one of the things that does define me now is how I've responded to that stage three cancer diagnosis. Yeah the treatment that you go through it, you know, I, I got pulmonary embolisms, uh, 75% of the way through my chemotherapy. And then I got back to diving in less than 12 months. 
I think that, that in itself blows my mind. <laughs> um, good, <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm glad that something like that. Um, when I tell that story, that it either inspires somebody or blows their mind or has an effect. Absolutely, and I'm glad it does. Um, so I like to think that not many positive things come out of cancer, any type of cancer, but I think there are positives when you look for them. It there definitely is. I would say exactly the same. When I had, you know, I had lung cancer. My mum had just died from lung cancer. And I could never see a positive until I met guys at Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation. And then all of a sudden, it just sparked something in me. And I just wanted to get involved and wanted to help people because I felt very lost when I had it. I didn't know where to go. Obviously, yeah. I turned to Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation when I found them. But um, I hope that our experiences can help other people come to terms with the treatment because the treatment's tough. Uh, know that they can talk to somebody any time of the day or night and get some clarity on what's going on and know that people survive and live good lives afterwards so I'm with you I'm totally inspired how do you how when did you first come across the Castle Lung Cancer Foundation and and how did they help you I suppose that's a good question well it wasn't me actually it was my wife Paula yeah and she was looking for advice on um, really sort of living with cancer, supporting somebody with cancer, yeah, and the financial aspects as well. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the great thing about Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation is that they can either give you that advice or point you in the right direction yeah. for that advice, um, as well as having nurses Um on the call lines that can support and advise and, and guide. And I get calls now. I've, uh, there are three people I know right now that are going through lung cancer. One's just wow. had surgery. Another's awaiting surgery. Uh, wow. Another one, fortunately, is a little bit too old for surgery. But they all they come to me and yeah. by a text message or a phone call yeah. or even by LinkedIn because... The, we worked together. Yeah. Uh, ironically, when I got lung cancer, I worked with him. And I, it's great that they can reach out to me. And my first port of call for them is to say, if you need any help, if you need advice, pick up the phone to Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation. Absolutely. And I'll pass the detail. I'll help as much as I can. I've learned, uh, certainly going through COVID as well, my wife and I, Paula and I, we got overwhelmed with people with cancer or relatives that had cancer and how can, how did we deal with it? And it it can create a huge mental burden on you, you can. To that on yourself. It so can. I'll, I'll help anyone Monday, but I'll also guide them to the professionals. Uh, Absolutely. So I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I always say that my door is open if people want to contact me through LinkedIn, through yeah. Instagram, feel free to drop me a message. I will always reply, but I will I will never take the the mantle of an expert like Roy Castle Lung Cancer Foundation because they're the ones that helped us through it. I can yeah. talk to people and I'm happy to do that. But yeah, really go to the professionals, the people who really know what they're talking about. We're we've experienced it, but we've only experienced it from our point of view. 
and everybody is different. So it's it's right. interesting, isn't it? But I don't know what I would have done without that support. And actually, since it's really helped with my mental health to be involved. That sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? But I feel like <laughs> there was a reason I had lung cancer. It wasn't, you know, as an as a never smoker, for instance, I wasn't expecting to have it. We now know that it runs in my family on the maternal side and yeah. four generations have had lung cancer. And that really, that kills me because my mum thought it was her fault that I had lung cancer. Our online support sessions are a great way to meet and chat to people who truly understand what it's like to have lung cancer. Leave your brave face at the door and talk openly and freely about how your diagnosis is affecting you. To find out more, visit roycastle.org forward slash online support. A couple of things I want to talk to you about as well. How do you, talking about me as a never smoker and you as a smoker, how does that sit with you that people say, no, the terms never smoking lung cancer or or smoking lung cancer, which kind of you hear quite often because there are so many people that do have never smoking lung cancer. Does, how does that sit with you? Do you does it add to the guilt that you feel about it? Um, I, I wouldn't say it adds to the guilt. Um, I I think for me there's um more of a um i don't i don't know if it's a sympathetic or a um feeling towards the the never smokers because i suppose lung cancer has been associated with smoking for so long yeah um because we mentioned roy castle earlier he, he never smoked but we know now that it was passive smoking from from him the clubs um, yeah clubs and and workmen's clubs and things like that which yep. were I, I mean, you go into these places, and if you ever looked up at the roofs, they, they were all orange, and that orange was tar and yeah, nicotine, uh, absolutely. smoke. Um, so, yeah, I I really feel for never smokers and almost those people that should never have had lung cancer, whereas you know. It's understandable, if you like, why I inevitably got it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're saying, but that that makes me feel that makes me feel uncomfortable because you didn't deserve it. it. Yeah, you didn't no. deserve it. I feel like when people say, "Did you smoke?" It's like they're almost like saying, "Well, you, if you smoked, you probably deserved it, didn't you?" And that's that's not the case. That is not that's not true. So I find the difference like people making the difference i understand that sometimes you have to say well it was never smoking or it was smoking but i don't think we should talk about it in that way because i no. i just don't think it matters and i i think as time goes by mandy i think we we will come to realize that unfortunately yeah. there are um more and more never smokers that are uh, being identified with lung cancer so fortunately um things that uh, Rishi Sunak is hoping to put in place where a 14-year-old will never smoke. Yep. It's it's a great thing, but unfortunately, it's not going to eradicate smoking. Uh, it's not going to eradicate lung cancer. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so although we associate smoking with lung cancer, when we eradicate smoking totally, it's not going to eradicate lung cancer. 
That's so true. That is such a a, a brilliant statement because it's true, and that's what. That's why I don't think there should be a, um, a distinction made between smoking and lung cancer and smoke and non-smoking lung cancer because it's not just smoking that causes it. Breathing causes it, and you live in a polluted city. That can be a cause of it. Yeah, and, and then there are other factors. Um, vaping is on the increase. We don't know what damage mm. that might be causing. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, there are. There are many other factors that <coughs> organisations like the Wakecastle Lung Cancer Foundation will uncover because of the, the work they do in the research as well. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to them starting to research the hereditary side of it too. Because we know that four generations on my maternal line have all died of lung cancer. I'm hopefully going to be the first one in four generations that don't. And that's because even though I was stage three, I was curative and I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed by complete accident. So I feel like there's a reason for that. I feel like I'm here to spread the word because I survived. <laughs> it's great to hear. Yeah. Who and knows? I, I didn't realise that there was a hereditary uh, yeah. role, uh, almost like the BRCA gene in breast cancer. Absolutely. I don't think so again, we know that. I don't think we know that yet. But I think there's plenty of people like me who've had it running through their family. And I'm definitely the fourth generation of women who've had lung cancer. And mine was, it seemed to be very aggressive. So mine was tiny, under a centimetre, but it was already stage three. Really? Well. So that means that by the time I had any symptoms at all, which I didn't, it would have been too late. So that's a really interesting place to be. And I, I'm looking forward to the time when that is um, research because I think it will be. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, so what would you say to, to people who smoke that haven't necessarily got lung cancer? But would you have a message to people who do currently smoke? I know there's not many people that do these days, but... On a Saturday night out in Manchester, you'd be amazed how many people I see smoking. Would you have a message for them, Nick? I would, but interestingly, Monday, I, I don't preach at people that smoke no. because people used to preach at me. Absolutely. Um, but if I know them well enough, I'll look at them, and I think quite often my look is enough. Um, but I will say <laughs> you know what happened to me. Uh, and the, in fact, somebody said it the other week, don't look at me like that, Nick, um, when she said that she was going out for a smoke. Um, yeah, um, it's difficult to preach when... Very much so. ...that myself uh, becomes very hypocritical. Um, but then what I've gone through, um, you know, I do remind, remind smokers yeah. what I went through, um, and hope that they would never, ever go through what I went through. Completely agree. I, I try not to preach because I wasn't a smoker. Same reason. But I find people whispering behind my back, I'm going out for, going out for a cigarette because they don't want to confront me. They don't want to catch my eye because they know I won't say anything. I never say anything because, you know, we're all grown ups. You can do what you like. I can't yeah. stop you. Yeah. But 
<clears throat> think about it twice. Think what you're doing. Yeah, unfortunately, too many people told me that I shouldn't be smoking, and I continued. Uh, that, so uh, that yeah. was my mum. The minute the minute you told her not to, she'd she'd light up. <laughs> yeah, uh, defiance more than anything. <laughs> but there you go. Um, but I, I do I do know what you're saying about going around Manchester. I mean, it, I'm thinking of other cities, yeah, northeast. And I do notice now that there appear to be a lot more females that yeah. are outside in groups, smoking. Absolutely. Uh, and, it, and it used to be predominantly male. Yeah. So there's definitely a shift, um, but I hope we do get to the point where uh, smoking is eradicated. Um, you know, what we spoke about earlier about your favourite film stars in your movies, all the sponsorships stopped, even having them on display in shops. So there's always there's been this progressive move to move them out of the the limelight and and yep. sponsorship and movies and things like that. So we're certainly moving into in a good direction. I think the whole um, non-smoking versus smoking lung cancer needs to needs to go away that conversation because no one deserves lung cancer. No, they don't. Um, or any cancer, actually. And I, I, I think, as I said right at the beginning, I think the biggest person that feels the guilt uh, and blame is yourself. Absolutely. So, Nick, just wanted to ask you how the label of being a smoker, how does that make you feel? Does that impact you in any way? Personally, Monday, no. Um I saw. I feel that I I have to accept that label. I was a smoker. I was a smoker for many years. Yeah. Um. I I still led a, a healthy, fit yeah. lifestyle. Uh, but I could have been so much more. Um, <laughs> a, a much better country, cross country runner, maybe a better <laughs> rugby player. Uh, especially when I moved from scrum half out to the wings, I could have been maybe a little bit speedier. Had I not gone off the rugby pitch after <clears throat> minutes, and the first thing yeah. I did was light a cigarette. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I have to accept I'm a smoker, and if if that's how people want to label me, fine. Uh, there's so much more to me than being just a smoker. Though. Absolutely, and you're an ex-smoker now, aren't you? I am. <laughs> let's 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 get it right. You're an ex-smoker. Um, Another question I wanted to ask you was how your smoking history delayed your diagnosis. Yeah, that's a good question, Mandy, because um, it definitely did delay the diagnosis. Um, I mentioned earlier that I had a cough for at least two years. Yeah. Um, when I went to see my GP for other reasons, um, I mentioned my cough on several occasions. Yeah. And he did put it down to the fact that it was just a smoker's cough. Oh, really? Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. So did he not at that point want to send you for an X-ray or didn't want no. to take it any further? No, uh, never, never went any further. It just got put down to being a smoker's cough. Um, and my wife, Paula, uh, was convinced it was something more. Yeah. Um, and then prior to being diagnosed, 
uh, I had extreme back pain. I was actually walking like an old man. I was doubled over for about three, four months. And that was put down to uh, maybe a slip disc or something like that. Uh, To the extent I was even getting uh, injections into my spine. Um, oh my word, Nick! And when in fact it was probably the tumor that was causing the back pain as well. And they didn't do any more investigation. They just assumed that that's what was going on, and then gave you treatment. They didn't do any further investigation at that point. No, unfortunately not. And, wow. And and I I would say that the one thing about smoking is is that that probably my lifestyle probably prevented the diagnosis by. 18 months minimum. That's quite shocking. That is actually really shocking. Yeah. I can't believe that they were treating you with injections into your spine with no x-ray, no scan, just guesswork. Anyway, that's besides <laughs> the point. I, I, yeah, I'm uh, kind of speechless about that. Yeah. Um hindsight's a great thing Mandy isn't it just I was just going I was just going to finish off again saying you know um, I, I hope I, I hope people don't define patients and cancer sufferers as smokers and non-smokers me too um, unfortunately we're all uh, in a position uh, uh, not a very good position of having suffered lung cancer. Yep. And whatever that cause might be, uh, we shouldn't be judging people on that. That's a really good point to end on, Nick. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Amanda. It's always a pleasure. Right back at you. See you soon. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. For support and advice on any of the topics raised in this podcast, visit roycastle.org. Past episodes are available to download on all major podcast providers. Don't forget to like and subscribe and make sure you never miss an episode.